With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Right. Welcome to Out of the Blue, the podcast that will stick the landing better than Game of Thrones, but likely less so than Avengers. I am Jared Stormer of MazeandBrew.com. With me, as always, is Andy Bailey, my hetero life mate, also of MazeandBrew.com. Andy, how the hell are you, you crusty, felonious pirate of a man? I'm doing well, sir. I am all hopped up on cough syrup. I apologize for the congested nasally sound. I sound like the lead singer of Blink-182 right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, Tom's vowels, he really stretches them to make words that actually aren't even in the English lexicon. They teach a class about it at one college, I'm pretty sure. I thought he just sung from his nostrils, if we're honest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. if you rewatch the videos, you'll if you look closely, you'll see that he absolutely <laughs> is. Uh, we, are, uh, we are back after a week off, not intentionally. Uh, technical difficulties, that and the combination of me going to Vegas to do uh, bumps of cocaine and a lot of whippets <laughs> with Post Malone and the uh, the stripper, the wonderful strippers of the Encore Dance Club. Thank you very much for your services. Uh, so these things happen. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you're doing that. You were doing that, and I'm in the process of buying a home. So, you know, different <laughs> different career trajectories right now. Well, look, we're on different paths. But uh, if it makes you feel any better, the world's likely going to end in 10 years, so uh, I wouldn't get too excited or uh, too invested in any of that boring shit. Do a lot of drugs, kids. <laughs> All right, but we are back nonetheless. Uh, last week, the Lost Pod, maybe our best work. Unfortunately, no one will ever get to hear it. Uh, we, were, we were getting real saucy talking about the departure of John Beeline. Uh, so we should probably touch on that since we haven't our feelings on it. He's in Cleveland currently. 
Not the system or the situation I would have drawn up for him, nor our team, but that's where we're at. What are your thoughts on John Beeline leaving? I mean, it sucks. I mean, obviously it sucked in the moment. It kind of sucks now. Like, there's we're kind of in a band-aid on it, and we're hoping for hope it's going to heal up, but we'll see. Um, it's I mean, he wants bigger and better things. There is greater things in the world than Michigan to some people, especially with NBA aspirations. So good on John Beeline. Um, can't thank him enough for what he did for the program. I mean, nobody has changed the trajectory of a program more than since when Bo Schembechler came in to the football program, and that's the kind of air I think that he should be in uh, with what he did for that program in the state that he's leaving it versus where when he arrived, where it was when he arrived. And uh, yeah, it hurts. It definitely hurts. And he's going to a situation where I think he's going to be on a short leash. I mean, look at NBA coaching lifespans. He could be looking for a job again in two years if Cleveland's as bad as they probably are going to be. They just don't have the talent. I was looking at their roster, their bench. I haven't heard of anyone on their bench. No, absolutely no clue who's on there. So John Beeline's really just picking up some pieces, gluing them together, and I guarantee he's going to string together 35 wins. He probably will find a way to get it done if anyone can, but he's been a guy that's been you know, preaching the fundamentals uh, you know, throughout his entire career. I don't know if that's going to work in today's modern NBA. I'm not saying that John Beeline's going to fail there. He's the best coach that I've ever been intimately familiar with. Um, as far as, was that your nose that you just blew? <laughs> no, that was my phone. It just kind of exploded for a second. Show but some good. respect for the pod. <laughs> Gesundheit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that being said, yeah, I mean, it, the fact of the matter is John Beeline is the best coach that I've ever watched, like personally for that long of a period of time. Um, I mean, in a program, I mean, obviously I watch like the Phil Jackson Bulls and stuff, but in a program that I follow, John Beeline's the best coach that I've ever had the privilege of watching. So I'm not betting against him at Cleveland. It's just unfortunate because uh, MSU and, and Izzo are still rolling strong, and that's a juggernaut over there, and we're kind of rebooting, it feels like. Yeah, it doesn't feel great with the success Sparty. They're going to continue to have because Cassius Winston is back to haunt us for one more season. But um, with that said... The announcement came out this week of Jawan Howard being brought in. And of all the replacements, he was probably in my top three to come in. My favorite was Chris Beard, honestly. But uh, I think Jawan Howard is a culture maintainer. I mean, he can improve upon it, but it, I don't think it's going to lack. And that's honestly one of my biggest concerns. Yes, uh, I agree with everything that you said. I think I was probably hoping for a Chris Beard as well, or you know, we all had Billy Donovan or Brad Stevens aspirations that we dreamed of, but those were just pipe dreams. Uh, nobody's leaving the NBA. For, I mean, we could throw a lot of money at them, but they're just not going to do that. Uh, it's not a realistic move. So Jawan Howard, of the realistic choices, if you weren't going to get Chris Beard, was probably my favorite. Um, he's a guy that was being talked about in NBA coaching circles. Was probably going to get a, a, you know, a promotion at some point here. Um, maybe not to head coach. I mean, it's it's definitely a big move for him, and it's going to be a rebuild. Like I'm, I do not expect Juwan Howard, who hasn't coached college ever or been in college since the early '90s, um, to come in and immediately grasp the college game and be able to be a leader of young men to get them in winning situations to play winning basketball and Big Ten tournament. And it's a totally different animal. That being said, young, exciting hire, program, or what did you say? You said culture maintainer or something like that? Culture sustainer. Wow. 
that is a really like it's almost like a backhanded compliment it's such a low ball compliment but uh you're right you're right, absolutely right and i think that'll be good for recruiting and if we can maintain the recruits that we already had under beeline this could be a good team next year absolutely i would uh set the bar around like 20 21 22 wins win two of every three games a little bit more um Maybe pulling up set here and there, uh, get unceremoniously blown out by Iowa or something on the road. It's going to happen. There's going to be ups and downs. We don't know what he's like in the X's and O's, but he spent the last decade pretty much learning from Pat Riley and Eric Spolstra. Um, say what you want about, I mean, a lot of coaches in the NBA, but Eric Spolstra is one of the best. The only coach to survive LeBron before, during, and after. He has a couple NBA titles. He's been around the he's been around the organization learning from Pat Riley, arguably one of the five greatest NBA coaches of all time. So um, Juwan Howard comes from a good lineage, if you will, of coaches that he's been under. And, um, every, I mean, he got the LeBron endorsement. He got the Dwayne Wade endorsement. He knows how to speak to these kids. It's the hot thing to do right now is hire former players to coach. So I feel like we're keeping up with the Joneses in a way. But uh, with Jawan Howard, at least, I feel like we're keeping up with the Joneses with the right guy. We didn't hire Manny Harris. <laughs> right. Yeah, you didn't just go after Chris Weber, who has shown no interest in coaching because his name is Chris Weber. You went after Jawan Howard, who's been, like you said, under Pat Riley. He's played with LeBron, Wade. He's won a championship. Uh, the pedigree is there. Um, it, it's going to take him a minute. You're absolutely right. There's definitely going to be ups and downs. There's going to be bumps in this road. We're probably going to get smoked by Michigan State a couple times. Um, but that being said, I mean, it's the potential is there. The potential is absolutely there. I don't imagine any coach in my lifetime being as good as Beeline was at Michigan. Um, that's just unrealistic. But that doesn't mean they can't reach great heights. And uh, recruiting is the one thing I'll be watching. You mentioned the Dwayne Wade and LeBron James thing. There's been a little bit of buzz on social media that maybe Bronny uh, James and Zaire Wade might go there. I don't know that I'm necessarily buying that, but, uh, I mean, it, it's out there now. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, Zaire Wade, there's a big possibility. Uh, Juwan Howard's been around Dwayne Wade since 2010. I mean, they have a long-standing relationship. Zaire Wade, I believe, is the class of 2020. Uh, Bronny's a long shot because he's a very, very, very young kid. He's not even in high school yet, and probably by the time he reaches the chance to play at Michigan – the one-and-done rule will be abolished and go straight to the NBA, assuming he's as, you know, a fraction as good as his father. Which, if you watch, I'm just saying, I haven't watched a lot of 12-year-old, like, highlight tapes. His is pretty damn impressive. <laughs> Same. Yeah, I've watched Bronny highlights. I'll admit to that. But I'm a LeBron James fan. LeBron James fan and uh, also, all that nonsense you were talking about him being a coach killer. Get that, get that out of here. None of those coaches are even in the league anymore. A bunch of garbage that he's been given. It's factual. It is factual, though. Oh, I mean, you could say that, but the fact of the matter is, every time he's gone to a team other than the Heat, he's been under absolute just management ineptitude, like just deficient rosters and garbage coaching. Look at every stop. He, he handpicked his coaches. He handpicked. He was with there with the David Blatt hire. He handpicked Ty Lue, who was trash, just because he could bully and step over him, you know, like Iverson did. And just they won a championship. That and then he goes to uh, the Lakers so he can learn from Magic Johnson from a quote from him. And Magic Johnson is, I'm not gonna be there. <laughs> <laughs> so come on, he's made some questionable decisions regarding personnel in his life. No doubt about it. I mean, I guess he could have gone to San Antonio. I mean, and just been in the most stable organization. They'd probably reel off another three championships. So 
I, mean, I would that, support that decision. That's fair as well, but like also you got to give the man props. He didn't have to go back to Cleveland and give him that championship. He could have gone to L.A. then, but he went back to Cleveland. I feel like he could Cleveland. literally stab your mother and you'd defend him now for that title. You're damn right. I will defend that, <laughs> I will defend that title until my death. But uh, we're getting way <laughs> off topic here. That being said, I agree. Zyre Wade could be a possibility. You'll be recruiting against the Dukes. You know, There's the Mike Krzyzewski connection there. Um, Dwayne Wade played under him for Team USA, as did LeBron. Uh, yeah, you're right. Bronny, don't even think about it. The kid's like 12. It's ridiculous to even think about. But I do think recruiting will be in good shape under Juwan Howard. Um, and I agree with your your ceiling. Probably the 20, like the low 20s as far yeah. as a win total. I mean, they might make it to the second round of the tournament, but I would see that being their ceiling. Um, but if you can just get a couple good upsets this year, keep recruiting going, look like you're building um, – you know they'll buy into him for a long term, but if it's if it's a disaster, I don't know that Jawan Howard will be on a, a very long leash. Yeah, it feels like if things start trending downward in year two, then go from bad to worse in three, they could easily pull the trigger because they don't want it to get too far away from them. Yeah, but um, it it just it seems kind of. I guess it seems so foreign because of what Beeline established there, but it's really hard for me to imagine Michigan winning like nine games in year three. Yeah, no, no, I, I don't think so. Xavier Simpson alone will win you nine games. Just, yeah. I mean, his tenacious play and, I mean, the fact that he's going to get guys involved. And Isaiah Livers is still there. There's still players on the court. I mean, you'd have to really come in and take these guys a step backward. That being said, I think that if you keep one of the two assistants, if you can keep both those assistants, pay them a million a year, whatever. Pay them just below what Juwan Howard's making. Uh, if we can keep both those assistants – I think that's going to give us a huge boost. I mean, this is a big assistant coaching watch. I think people need to really keep their eyes on this because if we keep Yaklich and Washington, all of a sudden I really like that coaching staff a lot more, and it's a it's got heavy beeline influence, and those are the guys that really turn that defense around, and defense translates. So I've never like been that informed or just privy of what those assistant coaches like what their primary focus was. Was it like just defense, like? Why is everybody so high on two assistant coaches? Uh, I'm not going to pretend to be the expert on this, uh, but I'll gladly spout nonsense because I've had three beers. Please, of course, of course. Uh, From what I understand, um, it was basically the assistants that brought the defensive prowess that you saw this year. Because, I mean, they were primarily, Beeline's known for his offense and running sets that get guys good looks and having three-point shooters. Their offense, you knew like you were going to get a pretty competent offense. But it was just this year that you really saw that defense. And look at the defensive efficiency jump from when Sadie Washington and Yaklich were on board. I mean, they've improved every single year. So great defensive guys. I think they were saying maybe more Washington was the defensive. I'm not too sure about that. Don't quote me on that, but highly regarded assistants. I mean, uh, Shaka Smart wants Yaklich down in Texas. Yaklich is going to get a job. If you can keep him for one year and just for a transition year, if you can keep them both, and then Yaklich is going to go next year for sure if he doesn't go this year, and then keep Washington on as a highly paid assistant, I mean, you're going to keep some conti- continuity, and you're going to have a pretty stout defensive team, if nothing else. I like that. Hmm. It's interesting. I just wonder if Yaklich was ever in line to think he was going to get the head coaching position, and then didn't, and then there could be animosity between he and Howard. That's the only thing. I could easily see Yaklich leaving. Yeah. I think him like getting passed over, he might take that as a slight since neither of them had any head coaching experience. I could yeah. easily see him taking that as a slight. Um, so, yeah, my prediction is we keep Washington, lose Yaklich. Um, but if so, we're in good shape. Washington's another highly regarded Sadie Washington. Um, 
And my understanding is like what the players were saying is that he's really the one that ramped up the defensive intensity. So if that's the case, this, I mean, the ceiling could be higher. I mean, who, who knows? I just, John Beeline leaves a Bo Schembechler-esque kind of shoes to fill, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, he's the greatest basketball coach in the history there, even without winning a title. I mean, Steve Fisher won one before the Fab Five, went to two more that were quote-unquote vacated, but, you know, still real to us, damn it. Um, <laughs> so, no, Beeline just, he inherited a crap pile and just turned it into gold. And the program is the cream of the crop. It's clean, runs all the way through. Um, so, yeah, I'm really interested to see what will happen. The one thing, the one knock on Beeline was always that he had trouble consistently recruiting the top of the top guys. Um, he always developed the guy. He always got the best out of them. But it was always like he never got like the um, the super athletes in there, never got the R.J. Barrett or anybody like that to come into the program. The guys UK really went after. It has definitely ramped up in the years, and he has hit on some big ones. But it was just never consistent up there. you know. And I think Jawan Howard, that's where he could come in and immediately have a leg up on Beeline. It's possible. I mean – Great way to start would be by keeping Jalen Wilson, one of the best recruits that Beeline had. His recruiting was improving. I mean, the profile of the program was growing. There's no doubt about it. And since we're only paying Juwan Howard only $2 million a year, sounds like they're going to make another NCAA football game. Just start paying the kids. Let's open up that pocketbook. Let's get in some studs. Go pay for Bronny James. I don't even care anymore. <laughs> Fuck integrity. It's overrated. It's overrated. It's overrated. We're going to pay the kids anyway. Let's win some ships. I don't even care anymore. Um, how happy are you that Rick Pitino is not the head coach of Michigan? Ecstatic. Um, I mean, while I joke about moral integrity, um, that's a level of moral integrity. I mean, I look at the guy, and he looks like the second villain in a mob movie. Like, not the main villain, but like his underboss. The one that's kind of like, yeah, whatever you need, boss. Yeah, that's a good, nice accent, by the way. Thanks. But, underboss that's just the way to describe him he's an underboss he's definitely like the guy that always like looks up like he's like the number three man that wants to be the number two man and then ends up like betraying him kind of like the humped over creature in 300 that's him (laughs) (laughs) i was thinking more of fredo from uh, godfather but i like that you went with the being from 300 he's that little humped a little humped over (laughs) thing that uh, just literally betrays Leonidas for some trim, so. <laughs> <laughs> I will pay money to make sure that Rick Pitino hears that comparison. Yo, this dude just compared you to that creature from 300 that betrayed the Spartan army. Well, come on, they're both in Greece right now, it's all good. <laughs> That's good enough for me. <laughs> all I know is I didn't want Pitino, and, uh, yeah, my final thoughts on it basically are, I mean, we're obviously all hoping that Juwan Howard is hit. This is a swing. It's uh, but it's a swing for the fences, and uh, the potential is there. I'm kind of of the opinion that you got to look at this as a rebuild, and I think you give him five years. I don't think you get trigger happy after three. If you're gonna go with Jawan Howard, basketball is a little different, man. Like you got to get your footing. Like it takes a little bit longer, even though like recruits come in and can have instant impact more so than in football. Like a freshman can come in, like Iggy Brazdakis, change your team, no doubt about that. Um, so if he's recruiting, it could be sped up, but like to institute your system, he's got to get his feet under him. He's got to remember college basketball. Like if you're going to go with him, I say, give him a little bit longer leash. Don't, don't necessarily ax him, but that's my opinion. Yeah. Well, his contract is for five years. So I think that's the assumption, but like I said, that's, that can all go away quickly. So I'm with you though. Give him the time. Like even if it gets dark and it gets bad and the sky's falling, let's, let's ride this wave out. 
Um, we wrote it out with Tommy Amico. We wrote it out before. So let's get through it with Jawan Howard. But um, cautiously optimistic. Same here, brother. All right, we're going to take a quick break, talk uh, just a little bit of football since it is May 20th, uh, and then we're going to talk about sticking the landing. A lot of Michigan teams, both football and basketball, particularly football, have not stuck the landing. Game of Thrones did not stick the landing. Avengers did. We're going to kind of talk about what it takes to stick the landing right after this. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, and we are back talking about sticking the landing. And Andy, there can be no denying that that has been kind of where Michigan has been lacking, especially in football. So I want to kind of talk about what it takes to stick the landing, both in football and with the program and with a good show, whereas Game of Thrones is just getting raked over the coals for just a, a poor ending that just didn't deliver on a lot of promise. There's a lot of parallels to be made there. What has been the issues that you've seen late in the games for Michigan, or excuse me, late in seasons and in late in games that has caused them from getting over that hump? Why have they not been able to stick the landing, in your opinion? <coughs> um, several things. Um, the obvious one and the one that you can always like, point to can be injuries. The Wilton Spade injury in 2016 um, got hurt against Iowa. Obviously, that just snowballed in the Ohio State game. Um, offensive or just coaching execution, the X's and O's, Don Brown getting ripped apart last year, defense getting exploited in other years, offensive struggles. Um, if I could pick one thing, I would just say for the Ohio State game in particular, not putting the emphasis on the importance of it. Some shows and some games and don't put the importance on the ending. Like, you know, it's all about the journey, I guess, but the destination still matters and Michigan hasn't gotten there. Well played. Well put. I absolutely agree. And you can look at each year, 2015, you know, I think that we all give a pass on and probably would give that the best ending of any Michigan season. Uh, 2016, it's easy to look at that as being the closest that we've come, and it is. Um, and just a couple of things. Wilton Spate doesn't get injured. If we get one pass interference call on Donovan Peoples-Jones being ripped to the ground, um, and obviously the spot. 
So 2016, you know, it's easy to write that off. 2017. I, no Donovan Peoples Jones, Amara Darbo, Jason. Yeah, excuse me, excuse me. I'm I'm thinking of last year when Donovan Peoples yeah. Jones was getting his jersey. Other ripped other, off. other year, other year. The other year that our receivers were getting their jerseys ripped off by Ohio State defenders. Uh, 2017 was all on the quarterback. That was a lack of having a quarterback uh, room like we have now. You just had Brandon Peters was basically the only quarterback in there that Harbaugh had any confidence in once Wilton Spate went out. John O'Corn just couldn't get it done. I mean, that's one thing that I think we've resolved there is what happened in 2017. That quarterback depth chart, I mean, if the top two quarterbacks went out this year, I'd feel okay about Joe Milton going in. Yeah. So that's been yeah. resolved. Uh, tw- you can't resolve what happened in 2016. And then last year is kind of the, the aberration. Last year is the one where you say, what the hell happened at the end of the year? I don't have a good answer for what the hell happened at the end of last year. Ryan Day had Don Brown's number, took his lunch money, dated his mom for a little bit. Um, yeah, did about everything he wanted to against his defense. Uh, the offense put up 39 points, which in, in it should win you any game unless you play in the Big 12. But um, no, that one has to be on the defense. Uh, something was missing. They exploited the weaknesses. That was Brandon Watson that we didn't even like pick out. We thought Brandon Watson was like – I mean, the starter on the other team, like he's our third corner and they just, line day picked him apart. Yeah. I mean, I guess we probably could have looked at that and said, man, if we play man to man, I don't think that uh, Brandon Watson's going to be able to cover Terry McLaurin or Paris. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they were loaded. All of their wide receivers went to the NFL. Yeah. And they did a really good job of utilizing space, putting them in great positions to succeed. Um, Dwayne Haskins played his best game of the season. He was just incredible. Um, they were all over the place, and Don, we didn't know how to run zone defense. So um, Michigan could not stick the landing of last season because they didn't have zone defense, which That's, is hard to say. Of all the years that we just talked about, that is by far the hardest one to stomach. 2016 hurt the most, but like shit happens. Wilton Spate got injured against Iowa. The refs weren't there for us that day. Shit happens. Like that one felt like last year, like we finally had their number. And when you can't stick that landing, that's, I mean, that'll lead us into the Game of Thrones thing because the setup was great last year. You know, you take an early defeat against Notre Dame and then you steadily build and steadily build and steadily build to that game. I mean, when the pieces are laid out for you like that and you don't stick the landing, that's where I'm concerned. Like, that's why concern for me is at the highest level because... We're, we're putting all this hope into next year. We just talked about the defensive depth chart in the last couple of weeks, and we're both nervous about it. And the, the thing that caused us to fail to stick the landing last year was our defensive coordinator. Like, it, it's – I'm as optimistic as you, although you're just eternally optimistic. You're basically like one of the toys from Toy Story. But, I am eternal and do keep coming back. So. <laughs> <laughs> but that being said, like uh, – it, it's tough for me after that landing, after that ending, to really be enthusiastic going into this. Uh, it is for me, but I'm just over-reliant on Josh Gaddis's offense to always score enough points to win now. That's basically where I'm at. Like, like That's where I derive my optimism for this season. The and there's just too much talent on this team and coming into the program this next year for it to be like bad. Like, if Michigan wins nine games next year and beats Ohio State, it's going to be a hell of a season. I'm going to love it. But um, it's like that's all that really matters is sticking the landing has ruined most of these seasons for us. Yeah, no, it is, too. Because, I mean, even losing that bowl game, which kind of all of us wrote off, 
During the bowl game, name me one Michigan fan that wasn't cheering their ass off telling Michigan to get into gear against Florida. We all wanted that. Like, you've got to still finish strong, like, for recruiting, for the program, for pride, for the 11 wins. Like, yeah, you got beat by Ohio State and you wanted greater goals, but, like, the fact of the matter is you've got to end your season strong. And, like, if we can't figure out, and that's the one thing I thought Harbaugh was going to bring, you know, that's why he was doing the five-hour practices is so that at the end of the season when you're tired and you're injured and you're beat down, that that you're ready for this situation, that you're ready for these games. But, like, to get that outclassed like that, you're right. It's going to have to be on the offense. Like, your optimism has to be derived from the fact that we're bringing back most of the offense and just maybe hope the defense is competent. And the game's going to be in Ann Arbor, and we're going to be there. Yes, correct. That's how you stick the landing. We will be there, and <laughs> I promise you that will be our good luck charm. I'm going to I'm going to shout insults that will offend my parents. So they may not I, send me a Christmas card. I might not be there for Thanksgiving. The most disrespectful thing that could happen in that game is just Jacob McFlurry scoring a touchdown, like. <laughs> The ultimate sign of disrespect. McFlurry just takes a reverse in for a touchdown. Not Don Peoples-Jones, McFlurry. Who's starting running back against Ohio State next year? Christian Turner. Impossible to say. It's a very difficult decision to say. That's as good. That's probably the safest choice, which is nuts. Yeah, I, I just... Ah, oh, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, could be Zach Charbonnet, could be True Wilson, could be Christian Turner, could be Chris Evans. Like, Yeah, very difficult to say. But uh, regardless, if we don't stick the landing this year, um, I mean, I'll take seven wins and a win over Ohio State over ten and another loss. Like, I'm so done with it. I don't even care. I'm part of that camp, and some people hate that camp, but I am part of that camp. I'm part of that camp to an extent. I don't want one and eleven and beat Ohio State, but I'll take no, nine and three no, and beat. No, not one and eleven and beat Ohio State. That's ridiculous. That's a miserable year. Like, cause I just went back and rewatched like the SMU game and the Nebraska game. Like, how much fun did we have at the Nebraska game? Just beating yeah. the brakes off of them. Yeah, it felt. I mean, it always feels good to just beat Scott Frost in the submission. Like it was fantastic. So, no, I mean there were a ton of good moments last season. The revenge tour and beating Michigan State in a Michigan State style game. Um, yeah, it just. I feel like for Michigan to really take the next step, they need to just start blowing out teams next season, like the 2016 campaign was, where they were just beating people mercilessly. Like it was like all like 56 to 20 or 56 to 10. Like that's what Michigan needs to get back this season. But. Yeah. I think most Michigan games this season are going to be like 42 to 30, like high-scoring affairs where they pull away by double digits late. Yeah, all I'm saying is tune in against Army. That's going to be a fucking battle. Yeah, I'm probably just, oh, God, I'm nervous. Yeah, I'm nervous about it. But, uh, you know, let's transition into that because we're talking about what it takes to finish the landing, and we're comparing it to Game of Thrones. Maybe you listen to it, maybe you don't, or excuse me, maybe you watched it. Um, and if not, you know, no need because we're going to talk about some other shows as well. But the Game of Thrones, what lacked in the, the finale, everyone seems to agree, is that you really built on something great with all the character development and the spectacle and the set designs. And it was everything was bigger and better than anything that ever existed. And then you all you just go for spectacle at the end. There's a clear comparison to the Michigan football program there, but we want to talk about TV shows that have stuck the landing. So we want to talk about shows that built something big up and then actually delivered on that, where you left feeling not necessarily satisfied. I mean, you're never always going to be happy with an ending, and a a good ending isn't necessarily a happy ending. 
So that being said, I want to hear a couple of your shows that you think really built something great and then also finished on that. <clears throat> All right, I'll start with a sitcom which a lot of sitcoms really struggle to do this, and I'm very hard on most of them because they fail. They try to get too nostalgic, and it doesn't focus on the ending of the narrative. And the one that did it for me is probably my personal all-time favorite sitcom, and that's 30 Rock. It was a special two-part episode that continued a story but gave you the closure you needed and wrapped up several storylines without doing too much. Simple, to the point, end of the story, great. Yes, absolutely. I will counter that with a sitcom that didn't, and that is How I Met Your Mother. You drag it on for two extra seasons, you get convoluted in your storytelling, you try and make plot lines that try and somewhat fit your initial storytelling, but absolutely come up short. Uh, but I think that you're absolutely right that 30 Rock did it well. Parks and Rec also, I think, as far as the sitcom, did it pretty well. I mean, they gave you what you wanted, they gave everyone a happy ending, everyone got enough screen time. It's not a perfect ending. Like, you don't watch the end of the last season of Parks and Rec and be like, man, best season ever. But it's certainly better than The Office. Yeah, it did. And The Office last season is interesting because I don't really mind the finale that much, but I don't like the last season. So that's another case, like, did it really stick the entire landing because, like, just, like, the last little bit was fine? But no, I think it all has to kind of work together. It does. And, yeah, that's kind of where How I Met Your Mother is. Is like, they didn't stick the final episode or the final couple seasons, so they really failed on it. They were a really bad example. Uh, Game of Thrones getting a lot of trash for, for being bad, and it was. It was a bad season, but it's nowhere near the worst series as far as sticking the landings like you ever watch prison break my god once they got out of prison there's four seasons of them outside of prison and that shit gets convoluted and nonsensical pretty quickly yeah, so we, we go off the deep end fast <laughs> how do we get back to prison exactly uh but i've got another one that sticks the landing just finished watching this for the second time i watched it in fifth grade in a world war ii history class because they said it was the best telling of world war ii that they could ever do and it's band of brothers uh, Band of Brothers is only one season. I believe it's 10 episodes, but uh, you'll never find a more consistent show throughout. Even in the last episode where they're just wrapping sh uh, stuff up, you're so invested in these characters at that point that you're like, yes, I'm so pumped that you're going to work as the head of a, like a plastic factory in New Jersey. Like, this excites the hell out of me. Like, what kind of plastics are you shipping? Tell me about it. <laughs> No, that's great. I see. I'm I'm still yet to watch it, and that's an interesting case because it only has to go through one season, but it still has to tear. I mean, it still has it still to get has to there. end well. Still has to end well, and uh, I've never heard anyone be spurched the good name of Band of Brothers. So no, it's it's I mean, a top five show in my opinion. We'll do that podcast later. The top five shows, but it's in there. That's a no, that that'll be a fun talk. Um, a show that didn't stick the landing. It's still ongoing. Um, but Arrested Development, um, it, the first three seasons are just perfect, and it rushed to a conclusion there, and that ending was serviceable. It was fine. They were rushed there. Everybody got the vibe. Things got wrapped up way too quick, but it was like, okay, I can live with how season three ends. But ever since they brought it back, it's been kind of a mess, and I, have, I don't think they have a clue what they're doing. So that's a show that's kind of definitely struggled to re-stick their landing. Yes, absolutely. Um, that's that's a really good example. Not one that I'm as big in on, but uh, I, I mean, I was big in and obviously on the, the first three seasons are pure comedy gold. As far as laughs per minute, which is how I judge a comedy, there will never be another comedy that has more laughs per minute than Arrested Development seasons one and two. 
but uh, the the re-kick, like the reboot, I haven't really been as big on, so I can't speak as much to it. But uh, it's tough to recapture that kind of comedy gold that they had with that cast at that time and just perfect comedy. It was really the perfect storm of timing, talent, writing, everything. Yeah. Uh, so I got another one that's only one season, and you're right. Like doing it after one season um, doesn't really seem like it's as as big of a, as an accomplishment. Whereas like Breaking Bad, definitely. I I haven't watched it, but I know for a fact that from everyone that has seen it, that stuck the landing. But I was gonna say True Detective season one almost feels like cheating. We don't have to touch on it too much because it was written as just one standalone thing. Very easy to stick the landing when you're basically writing it like a movie. Yeah. But still, nonetheless, season one of True Detective is immaculate storytelling, and it's just acting at its finest. It's honestly like one of the best things that's ever been put on screen, movie or TV show or otherwise. All right, uh, another one that stuck the landing, uh, Planet Earth. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, th- this will be a controversial one because it was a very uh, divisive episode. Um, the Sopranos, for me, stuck the landing. It is... Um, at first, when I watched it, I was just kind of confused. I was like, I didn't really understand some things. I had questions, but I, I've rewatched it several times at this point, and it sticks. It sticks into um, end arguably the greatest show of all time. The way it did, I thought it was very fitting. There's tons of fan theories, and people are still talking about it. And this show ended in 2007, and I think that has something to say about it. Yeah, I was waiting for this. This is actually like why I proposed this, because I wanted to hear your thoughts on Sopranos, which uh, it was between Band of Brothers and Sopranos, which one I was going to start, and I took the one that was shorter. But uh, a show I need to watch, uh, consistently labeled as one of the top five best shows ever. I've heard mixed reviews on the ending, but uh, I actually know the ending, which is unfortunate. Um, But the fact of the matter is that a good ending is an ambiguous one that leaves room for interpretation. I think any storyteller would tell you that. I mean, look at the end of the big Lebowski and Inception. Um, If you want to look at good endings, what are considered good endings is like, there's some hope, but there's also like some sadness there. It's that's the world we live in. So that's a good ending in my opinion. Yeah. The ending of the social network with Mark Zuckerberg sitting there alone on his computer, refriending Eric Albright. It's a little sad. There's some optimism, but it's open. Yeah, no, exactly. That is a strong ending. Great point. Uh, the last two that I'll bring up kind of together because they're also sitcom ones, and one of them I feel strongly is a pretty good ending, and that's Cheers. Um, I was not a huge Cheers guy. I've kind of just tuned into episodes here and there, and it's a little bit dated, but at the same time, a great cast. So, I mean, if you haven't, if you got nothing to watch and you're sick of rewatching 30 Rock and Parks and Rec for the 20th time, check out some Cheers. Um, really delivers on the ending. Just uh, Sam alone in his bar as a former bartender, I really felt that. Um, and Friends, I'm not a big Friends guy, but the fact of the matter is they gave the fans what they want. And they did it in a way that the last season wasn't awful. It still was consistent with the other ones. I mean, if Friends can stick the landing, Michigan football can stick the fucking landing, Don Brown. <laughs> That's, I mean, that's the point I want to get to here. If uh, Ross and Rachel and you know all of them can stick the landing, then why can't we do it with Shea Patterson and Josh Gaddis? Jesus Christ, Rashawn Gary, Chase Winovich. We have had so much talent on the field against that Ohio State team and haven't won shit. All right, so hitting dark fast. This is getting real <laughs> dark, real fast. Heat up the spoon, but not in a good way. Not, not in a good way. <laughs> Going um, into a cave. Uh, this is going to be a really obscure one, um, but it's a show that 
you'll never watch, and I, I would recommend it for you, but I would recommend watching one character's highlight reel just because you're a fan of a good snarky insult. Sure. Um, it's Glee. Um, the first four seasons of Glee are really good, and uh, shouts to my wife, and the uh, end of it just sucks. Like, the last, like, couple seasons just nosedive. But um, I would watch the uh, highlight reel of Sue Sylvester on repeat every day, and that's Jane Lynch just going at it. Yeah, shout-outs to your wife for rebuking Notre Dame fans and getting you into Glee. Yeah, I mean, she truly can do it all. <laughs> I watched three seasons of Glee with a woman that I dated while in the Navy and uh, found it entertaining. But the story, no. Other oh, than no, Jane oh, Lynch, complete, yeah. complete nonsense. You watched the music. Jane Lynch is throwing 105 the whole yeah, time. Yeah, and you, you watch for the music and for Jane Lynch. That is correct. But, uh, yeah, that being said, I don't really have that many other ones because I don't watch a ton of shows to their conclusion. Um, you know, I'm looking here at the, at the best, like the top lists of shows ever. And uh, a lot of them are from, you know, yesteryear, way back when. I haven't when. finished, I haven't finished Deadwood or The Wire, but Breaking Bad definitely stuck the landing. Yeah, see, like I'm four seasons into The Wire and it's fantastic, but I can't comment on the ending. Yeah. So. Oh, you're, you're getting, I haven't watched Mad Men either. And these watched ones Mad we'll Men. have to get through before our pod. Yeah. No, I mean, eventually we're going to have to do it, but what a time commitment. I just have to watch all these. Some of these are like eight series seasons long. This is ridiculous. Yeah. Imagine watching the Simpsons. <laughs> I mean, I I've watched most of it, but yeah, that shit's been on for like as long as I've been alive. I think it's 32 years. You've watched most of the Simpsons. No, that's a lie. I bet I haven't watched in 17 years. I coached high school cross country last year and the kid on the team was in the process of binging all of them. He was currently up to like year 2008. I'm like, good God, what a commitment. Yeah. Like that is really going ball steep. I mean, that's like an Olympic level. You need to play the Rocky theme while you're doing that. Yeah. So he's been just pounding through him like that. Um, I'm trying to think of any other show that didn't stick the landing. Uh, obviously, Game of Thrones didn't stick the landing. Um, yeah, I mean, you'll, it'll be interesting once you rewatch it. I'm a book reader and stuff, so it, my opinion is very snobbish and and differed than a lot of my peers. It where they ended up seems quite fitting. It's how they got there, and that's the problem with that. I mean, and yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of other. Uh, there's so many that don't like Prison Break, Lost. Um, there's uh, what was the other one that I watched? Heroes. I watched for a while. None of them did. It's much harder to stick the landing than it is to not. <laughs> in yeah, my opinion. I'll, I'll have to keep you updated on my Blue Bloods viewings, I guess. <laughs> Absolutely. But uh, that being said, that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, some big things coming for us. You know, it's off season, but we got some plans coming. Uh, our first video, uh, RIP to our first attempt while I tried to do it during finals. Uh, but I think that this summer, our first video will be out here. We're going to do some, uh, some interesting stuff. Always talking some off the wall comparisons, making claims as outlandish as anything such as 14 year old JJ McCarthy will at least win six Super Bowl rings. Uh, that's, that's what we're here for. Yeah. JJ McCarthy does want to kill Ohio state. So, uh, he has my vote for president. I mean, he didn't even mention a person, just the institution itself. He's going to yeah, bomb I mean, him off the map. Yeah, I mean, that's all we could ever hope for from a quarterback. If you've ever been to Columbus, you'd know that he'd be doing the world a service. Yes, thank you. 
JJ McCarthy, you hero. <laughs> you're, you're a true American hero. All right, that's going to do it for us tonight. Make sure you like, share, subscribe, listen to us on Spotify, reach out to us on Twitter, whatever. We try to interact with the fans. We are nothing more than fans ourselves. That guy's drunk on Robitussin. I'm over here four beers deep. This is Out of the Blue. I'm Jared. That's Andy. We'd like to remind you that wherever you go, go blue. <laughs>